Imagine the world wasn't like it is. Well, I mean, there'd still be that guy, and that guy, and the one who needs the eye test. But there's also sexy literature. It's not until her shirt is coincidentally ripped open during a fight with the winged wivens of the northern wastes, revealing her creamy breasts, that Dermian realises the archer he has been befriending is his left-behind love. Water. Cravings. Hunger. A deep, aching longing. Try half a glass of water. It won't fix everything, but it'll help a bit. Jim's Gym and Gymnasium. Have you been pumping your booty? Booties are in. They used to be out, but now they're in, by which I mean to say they should stick out. That's good now. Join me, Alice Fraser, on The Last Post. It's like the bugle, but shorter, hornier, weirder and dailier. Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Squirrel Slayers, and welcome to issue one of Andy Zaltzman's Squirrel Slayer Mayhem, a new podcast in which I, Andy Zaltzman, former host of the Bugle podcast, share tips on how to master my hit new computer game, Andy Zaltzman's Squirrel Slayer Mayhem 2, and talk honestly and frankly to squirrel rights activists on why they fundamentally disapprove of the game, my endorsement of it, what they are missing out on, and their claimed inaccuracy of what I have been told uh, were hyper-realistic splatter graphics when those nut stashes explode. Oh, well, it's good to dream of a happier world. Uh, this is sadly, in fact... <laughs> this is sadly, in fact, episode 4155 of The Bugle, audio newspaper oh. for a f***ing idiotic world. I am Andy Zaltzman. I disapprove of slaying squirrels, real or otherwise, without scientific or biodiversitious justification. And I am here in London, formerly home of the government of the United Kingdom, now home to a group of political role-play fetishists locked in an unending performance art piece entitled Big Bad Boris's Vortex of Hope. It's been another shoddy week in Britain and another harrowing one in the former United States of America where I am joined by Hari Kondabolu. Hari, it always seems to be a particularly happy week when you're on. Is that your fault or just the country you live in and the planet on which it and you are currently located? I... <laughs> I think it's your fault, to be perfectly oh, honest. Oh, my fault. Andy. Right, okay. you, fi- you find the worst weeks when things are <laughs> absolutely, it's like that's your way of getting revenge. Like, ah, this wouldn't have happened if we never left. <laughs> if you didn't kick us out, this wouldn't be happening right now. Well, so I f- it's w- Trump's president, Trump gets yep. impeached, whatever is terrible, that's when you have me on. Well, I mean, it could be any week at the moment, to be honest. Um, right, that's fair. From an altogether different hemisphere, uh, another part of the world, a part of the world, in fact, that Britain, after seeing the way America was heading and thinking, I think we'll leave that one, said, let's have another go. Uh, from, Aus- from Australia, Tom Ballard. Hello, Andy. Squirrel lives matter. Um, it is a pleasure to be with you. And I think what the world needs right now is jokes from a white guy in Australia. So it's a pleasure to be here to help the world heal. Yeah. Good. That's very much why I've uh, why I've got you on to, to balance out my uh, white guy jokes from Britain as well. Um, <laughs> so we are recording on the the fifth of June, twenty twenty, on this day in nineteen fifty six. Elvis Presley played his new single Hound Dog on the Milton Berle show. He scandalised the audience with his suggestive hip movements, and it was a slippery slope, really. The uh, hip waggling of the king of rock and roll led directly to the discovery of sexual intercourse sometime in the early 1960s, uh, 1963, I believe, to be precise, and uh, the subsequent surge in global population. 
resulting from that because it proved a far more efficient form of procreation than previous techniques of prayer, witchcraft, storks and uh, sculpture. Anything else that happened in the 50s that might be relevant today, Andy, or that's pretty much it? No, just that. Uh, Just that. Uh, That's all. As as always, a section of the Bugle is going straight in the bin. This week we have more uh, lockdown podcasts that have recently been uh, released, um, including a lot lot of people feeling a lot of worry and tension at the moment, and uh, podcasts are uh, tapping into that market. Uh, There's a new podcast for hypochondriacs with an interest in earthenware ceramics. That's called Terracotta Warriors. Um, Then there's the Fluster Cluck which is a show that tells you how to get through a concerning period personally, nationally or globally with chicken therapy by pretending to be a chicken or other clucky bird which can reduce tension by anything up to 2.3%. The <laughs> Fluster Cluck has top tips from celebrities and chicken aficionados such as lifestyle guru and feather designer Brilliance Clayhorn, self-proclaimed YouTube expert Yoki Q and Broody Bryan, the former mascot for the Chattanooga Chickens, a very minor league baseball franchise. Uh, also new this week, Abe and Len's Dead Men Talking. Uh, it's a computer-generated deepfake buddy chat between former US President Abraham Lincoln and celebrity commie Lenin as they chew uh, the beyond-the-grave cud with great historical figures. This week, Cleopatra. Uh, also new, If These Walls Had Ears, episode one of a radical interior decoration show in which Home Improvement TV star Jemima Ann Krabler, installation artist Granik Partwelve and corpse plastination anatomist Gunter von Hagens are let loose in people's houses with spectacular, if often nauseating, results. Uh, look out for episode two, If That Ceiling Had a Nose, episode three, How Much Is That Kidney in the Window, and episode four, Well, What Part of the Body Would You Use as a Door Handle Then? Uh, and also... Uh, an o- and also a uh, new show, uh, post-war French songs and healthy salads crossover podcast called Non Je Ne Vinaigrette Rien. Um, also, um, Andy, sorry, can I just ask, <laughs> when you're writing this stuff, do you have like a TV on in the background that you can look over and, and see what's happening in the world <laughs> that you then ignore to go back to writing <laughs> sections of the bugle? Because there's some yeah. shit going down out there. I'm just, I just I know, want to check. I know. I find that the heavier the shit going down, the... Yeah. the the further I need to get away from it. Um, (laughs) It's the classic British response. Uh, Also in the bin, a free bugle test track and trace uh, device. Uh, If you can't wait for your government to belatedly come up with a functioning COVID tracking system to shoot the viral horse long after the door is bolted, then the bugle's free test track trace scheme could be for you. Test whether you have the virus by holding an orange to your ear. If you hear the sound of gunfire or golf, you're ill. Track, build a model model train set out of odd bits of stuff you found lying around during lockdown. That should take you a couple of weeks, thus keeping you out of circulation quite effectively and preventing you from uh, spreading the virus. And Trace, everywhere you go, carry a sound system and play the song Honky Tonk Badonkadonk by country singer (laughs) Trace Adkins. People will stay well over two metres away from you. This system is actually considerably more effective than the one recently unveiled by the British government. Free from the bugle, also in the bin. Top story this week, and we're going with a signs that would in more sensible times be seen as an obvious omen from Angry Gods News. Uh, the world's largest free-flying American flag has been ripped to shreds by a storm. The 670-metre-squared Stars and Stripes that previously resided on a 103-metre-high flagpole outside the Acuity Insurance Building in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, 
was ripped to shreds by uh, by a storm, as I said. It was de-striped and starbuckled by 70-mile-an-hour winds, and experts have claimed that had this happened in previous times of obvious divine fury, it would have merited quotes at least five to ten verses of an Old Testament chapter or equivalent. Uh, Hari, I mean... It, how much more symbolic could a flag destruction get? Uh, well, let me first say that the thunderstorm has been banned from the NFL. Um, <laughs> God, if, if there is a God figure, uh, he's pretty angry. We've, uh, we've really uh, f***ed things up. Martin Luther King once said the arc of the moral universe bends toward justice. But I ask you, Andy, how long? How long is this arc? All right. I, I mean, it's possible that it bent slightly too far and is now veering further and further away from justice, <laughs> right, right. That as is arcs very so often do. Right. Arcs do not have eyes or a great sense of direction. Also. <laughs> no, otherwise they'd be lines, straight lines. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit homophobic, that one, but fair enough. <laughs> well, Oh, just let it go for a minute, Tom. Haven't sorry, sake. sorry, Andy. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm delighted about all the news, Harry, because I applied for a um, green card uh, lottery visa to the US, and yeah. I find out whether that comes through tomorrow. And I think if it does go through, I just can't wait to get over there because you guys look like you need a good laugh, and uh, <laughs> I really think that I could be the thing to to bring your country together and, and sort everything out. So fingers crossed, you know. Well, I have been saying for quite some time the one thing that could unify uh, this country is the beating of white immigrants. So <laughs> that seems to appease all sides. There's been some uh, the, the protests that came in the aftermath of the uh, the killing of George Floyd by a police officer who knelt on his neck for almost nine minutes in the mm. yet another needless self-inflicted American tragedy. So nations, America seems almost constitutionally addicted to self-inflicted tragedy. Um, but the, the pro, we've seen protests with some brutally heavy-handed policing, people just shoved to the ground, tear-gassed without any yes. any provocation. Um, how, how, what's the... Uh, I mean, how, how, are you, how are you dealing with this as, a, as, a, as, an, as an American, I guess, fan of peace and progress? We we can focus on the negative right now, but I'm going to start by focusing on some of the the positive aspects of the protest. Um, they have been packed, despite all these different fears. They've been packed a variety of human beings: black, white, Asian, gay, straight, priests, teachers, uh, undercover cops, many different types of people <laughs> sharing a space. People of of many different shades and COVID statuses, all in. <laughs> All in one place. But hopefully by the end, we will truly all be equal since we will all have coronavirus. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the protest, like, like I mentioned, the, the protests and the subsequent violence and looting has led to increased police presence. But that give you know, that gave the police a chance to, to make amends right to redeem themselves after you know a couple of centuries of uh, brutality uh and in response uh the police around the country pretty universally um has uh <laughs> they've shot rubber bullets into crowds blinding several people they've tased people tear gassed people beaten them i saw a video this morning of an old man being pushed by NYPD and then having his head cracked open 
Uh, also, they've stopped people on bicycles and cars heading home after state-mandated curfews. They were dragged out of their cars or taken off their bikes, beaten with clubs, tased, sometimes shot at, and arrested. Now, my question is, how does this protect people currently? I don't really understand this particular safety method. It feels <laughs> like it's doing the opposite of what it was intended to do. It's almost as if the police have been caught on tape repeatedly killing people unjustifiably and have never dealt with consequences from our justice system. It's mm-hmm. almost as if nothing <laughs> will happen to them. <laughs> well, um, I mean, there are, do seem to be yeah, a lot, there's a lot of talk about you know, a few bad apples in the barrel. I mean, there they, they do seem to be a f- of a lot of bad apples, albeit that it is an absolutely massive barrel, 800,000 or so police officers in 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 the USA. I mean, and it's it's not helped by, you know, for example, your president um, highlighting the the looting and the violence to try to discredit and disparage the broad protest movement and belittle or deflect from the fundamental issues behind it. That to me makes as much sense as saying, well, I thought Brazil played a brilliant game in that 2014 World Cup semi-final with Germany because they happened to score one goal at the end. It somewhat ignores the seven goals Germany scored before the bigger, more relevant picture. Um, I mean, how is there any solution to this this issue of, of, uh, of policing in, in America? It's really hard as an outsider, I'm sure you find this as well, Tom, to, to, to sort of understand this issue and you know obviously it goes back decades one thing people have talked about is defunding the police lowering their budgets using that for more preventative strategies such as after school programs and schooling joe biden actually had a very interesting proposal which was that the police should shoot people in the legs Mm. right um so it's it doesn't really fix the problem what it does is it just has the cops shooting people lower in ways that will still hurt them but might not kill them and as other people have pointed out it's a very democratic party thing to do we don't want to piss everybody off so we'll skew to the middle police like killing people citizens don't like being killed we need to find an in-between position let the police shoot but not kill So, uh, how are people reacting to, to the looting that we've seen? Well, white Americans are, are particularly upset about this and have repeatedly on social media and in person have asked black people, is this what Martin Luther King would do? A man of peace. Uh, a couple of points to this. First of all, <laughs> Martin Luther King said a riot is the language of the unheard. I know it's not the I have a dream single that he's known for. It is a bit of a B-side, but still, I think it was, it was, it was a hit in South Africa. Um, <laughs> second point, MLK did speak of nonviolence, and uh, then white people shot and killed him. Uh, so I don't know if we can really, uh, you know, as white people, I don't think white people can really have the moral high ground on this. They well, should have shot him in. The, should have shot him in the leg. I reckon, Harry. That would. Yeah, that, that would have been the. That would have been well, the democratic solution. Yeah, the classic. <laughs> the classic. The classic compromise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> between shooting someone and not shooting someone. Shooting someone in somewhere different. I mean, it also is, rich. Rich people loot too. It just looks different. 
Like poor people are breaking into department stores and taking TVs. Like rich people, what is disaster capitalism in New Orleans and Puerto Rico? The increased respirator costs because states are forced to bid against each other. Bernie Madoff, apparently <laughs> apparently it's only looting if you steal less than $500 and actually put in some physical labor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, looting, economics, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much how you define it. And thank you very much for not referring to the British Museum in that little bit. Much, <laughs> yeah, uh, colonialism, I, I fine. But Nike, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. Oh, but, but while we're uh, on that, I will say <laughs> that, uh, you know, black people were literally looted. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's all. I just wanted to say that. Uh, and uh, on that subject, thanks also to Spike Lee, who interviewed by the BBC uh, this week, um, outlined some of the slight flaws in the, the history of the USA that, uh, that contribute to uh, the current situation. He said the land was stolen from native people, genocide was committed against the native people, and ancestors were stolen from Africa and brought here to work. So the foundation of the United States of America is genocide, stealing land, and slavery. And he did not mention Britain by name once. <laughs> Thank you, Spock. <laughs> Thank you. You are a hero in this country. Much appreciated. Truly, this is an Andy Zaltzman joint that you're listening to, everybody. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump has been uh, leading from the front, as always. Sorry, not leading from the front. Leading from in front of his computer screen, tweeting shit. Um, the, uh, one of the most extraordinary things, even, even by his standards, tear-gassing a peaceful protest so he could walk to church to waggle a Bible around in front of cameras. That was, that was really... Ex- I mean, that was almost a piece of performance art wasn't it? I, I mean, he wasn't legally allowed to do it. There's Amendment 2, Subsection 424, the right to clear streets with noxious substances if you want to waggle a Bible around in front of a church. So that it, it is constitutionally um, allowable. But it, it did strike me, and I'm, you know, I'm not a God-fearing man, as I've made clear on this podcast over the years, and also that is an entirely mutual feeling. God is not a Zaltzman-fearing deity. But when Trump held that Bible aloft, that was surely another moment to prove that God either does not exist or <laughs> is at best on an extended sabbatical or maybe has swung back right wing in his old age after a brief dalliance with hippie-ish benevolence uh, some time ago. You know, if he was on form and in existence, then surely the spire on the church behind Trump would have transformed into a middle finger and the clouds, <laughs> the clouds would have formed into the words, you can hold it, now try f***ing reading it. <laughs> Also, I mean, Trump only posed in front of the church after it was reported that he hid in an underground bunker, (laughs) as all dictators do at some point. (laughs) Some people loved it, though. I'll tell you who loved it is the evangelicals, right? A lot of people watch this. They describe Trump's stunt as a Jericho walk. Uh, which refers to the biblical book of Joshua where God commanded the Israelites to work seven times around the opposing city of Jericho, whose walls then came crashing down. And if there's one activity Donald Trump is enthusiastic about, it's wall demolition. He lo- <laughs> No! He loves walls! If a bunch of Mexicans tried any of that Battle of Jericho shit at the US border, Trump would get Mad Dog Mattis to send in the Marines and shove those trumpets up their mariachis. What the f*** are you talking about? <laughs> There, there were some evangelicals who loved the whole Bible thing where he's in front of the church. He, uh, they said that he was wearing the armor of God, <laughs> which, uh, which is a very weird thing to call male spanks. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that was crazy. I mean, surely if there is an armor of God, it kind of begs the question, why didn't God send some of that armor in the direction of his one and only son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to protect him from Andy Zaltzman's ancestors? I mean, surely that would have helped. <laughs> he was guilty. Time's only to say it. For Trump to pose for a photo of the Bible is like me wearing a ban cricket now shirt. <laughs> absolutely unacceptable. As always, you know we don't. Know, you know, it's easy to pass comment on uh, on misreadings of the Bible, but um, the recently uh, rediscovered gospel according to St Alvin perhaps gives some justification for Trump. And this uh, I read from uh, Alvin uh, chapter fourteen, verse five and following. And Jesus did say unto Peter, Let us go unto the temple, for there I must speak unto my people. But Lord, said Peter, there is verily a great multitude blocking the road to the temple. Wherefore so, Peter, asketh Jesus, for he knew not wherefore or so. I'm not entirely sure, respondeth Peter, to be honest, boss, but it sounds like they might be complaining about the quality of the fish finger sandwiches you fed them last week. What? retorted Jesus. They were fucking free. Some people are never fucking satisfied. Assuredly, Lord, they were a bit rank, added Andrew. I spent three days in, shall we say, eruptive abdominal turmoil, Lord. (laughs) Anyway, demanded Jesus, can't we get these people out of the way? I've got a new parable I want to try out about a man who won big at the casino and bought everyone a round of drinks. And Peter did ask, well, how should we move the people who are in the way, Lord? And Jesus replied, I can turn that pigeon into a tear gas canister. That would shift the grumbling (laughs) bastards. Or maybe we could get Simon to charge at them on an armoured donkey. And Simon did say, F*** yeah, let me at him. And Jesus did say, always love your enthusiasm, Simon. Top work. And Jesus did see Thomas tentatively raising his arm. And Jesus did say, not now, Thomas. Not now. There we are. Amen. Alvin. Amen. Alvin 514. Yeah. A reporter did ask him, is that your Bible? And he replied, it's a Bible. <laughs> Which really is something that someone would say if they just looted and stolen a Bible. But I think the greatest question was someone was asking, Mr. President, what are your thoughts right now? And Donald Trump replied, we have a great country. That's my thoughts. Which could be the most American response to a question ever given. It's a simplistic nationalism that doesn't mean anything. It blatantly disregards reality and it is grammatically offensive. We have a great country. That's my thoughts. Is everything you need to know about the United States of America in this moment. Sorry, e pluribus unum. You had a good run. The new official motto for this fading superpower is we have a great country. That is my thoughts. Write it on the tombstone. RIP. America 1776 to 2020 we have a great country that is my thoughts <laughs> it's the new Gettysburg address <laughs> Trump has essentially threatened to uh, deploy the military on on his own people um, in what would generally be described as strongman politics, and strongman politics, of course, generally means unbelievably weak man politics. Um, uh, Harry, are you, uh, are you excited about the? Because you, know, you pay all your taxes for the military, and generally you don't actually get to see them do their stuff. Uh, <laughs> a, long, a long way away. You, know, you think, what, what, am I getting value here as a taxpayer? So we actually see them... You know, apply to get direct usage out of it if you're out there on the streets. That must be quite rewarding for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's great. I'm like, uh, what are the newest missiles? <laughs> what does a, a nuclear attack look like in, in, up front? Um, 
you know it's it's interesting how people have different leaders that they they follow you know jfk or or lincoln some say churchill you know you have these different figures that you look up to as a leader i didn't think bashar would be one of them <laughs> i you know the military on his own people that is the kind of leadership i'm looking for I mean, he again, he's following the dictator's handbook to a T. Once he cancels the election and starts wearing military uniforms, we're in a full-on dictatorship. And all I have to say is finally the much-needed change to our political system we have been asking for for decades. <laughs> uh, Trump claimed he was an ally of all peaceful protesters, continuing a long and proud tradition of white people identifying as allies of people of color and then immediately calling the cops. It's a dance as old as time. <laughs> uh, Trump's threatened to send in the military, which I think is a great solution. I think, as we all know, Andy, when you send the American military into a place... That place gets better, okay? <laughs> Truly, the U.S. military is the hydroxychloroquine of foreign policy. It is the cure for whatever ails you. And if you want to convince me that sending in U.S. troops only makes things worse, I'm sorry, my friend. You're going to have to provide me with upwards of 35 examples and nothing less. <laughs> I just love it's just like premium Trump logic. We have a problem with cops. What should we do? More cops. Not just cops, the military who are like the fucking maxi cops. Multi cops. <laughs> he also said he was committed to prosecuting all those who threaten innocent life and property. So presumably that means anyone is welcome to threaten guilty life, aka a significant large proportion of the American police force and Guilty property. And I say thank you, President Trump. After lockdown, there are a shitload of jeans that are guilty of not fitting me anymore. And now, with your permission, I'm going to bash the f*** out of them. Uh, he's also been putting out threats via Twitter, too, tweeting earlier in the week, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, which is delightful. I think if we're going to have fascism in America, let's make it rhyme. Yeah? When the looting starts, the shooting starts. If the social order is rocking, cops will come a-knockin'. When revolution begins, we'll shove you in the bin. When hundreds of thousands of distressed and oppressed working-class people have finally had enough of centuries of state-sanctioned violence and economic exploitation and collectively rise up in righteous anger to demand nothing less than justice and equality, the shooting starts. I mean, that one doesn't rhyme, but I still think it tracks. That's well, blank verse. You can do anything in poetry. <laughs> Former Defence Secretary Jim Mattis, is, uh, the aforementioned mad dog, uh, has uh, come out really strikingly strongly against uh, against Trump. Uh, he left the administration uh, a couple of years ago, but has largely kept his counsel since then. He said this week, Donald Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does, does not try to unite the American people, does not even pretend to try. We are witnessing the consequences of three years without mature leadership now for any listeners uh, to the bugle for whom english is not a first language that is a very polite way of calling someone a total c <laughs> um uh, how much uh, impact has this intervention by mattis uh, had in the uh, the, the debate Harry? i mean at, at this point i don't think it's going to have a huge amount of impact until we have the military coup I've been asking for for three years. <laughs> we have not had a military coup in this country. We need it, right? Because once we have a military coup, it'll be a lot easier for all of us 
to get the refugee status we need to go to other countries. <laughs> I like Trump's. Trump certainly didn't read the response. He was probably told Mattis said something, and he responded by saying that Mattis was the most, the world's most overrated general. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that, what a great History Channel documentary that was. <laughs> <laughs> or at least a BuzzFeed list. <laughs> Who's ranking generals? Where is the general ranking? Also, you hired him. What do you mean he's so overrated? Why did you hire him? <laughs> I, uh, I'm not a fan of of Mattis. Um, I, 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 I'm sure I'll take any criticism of Trump from any leader at this point, but let's just really think about this guy. I mean, he, as you say, Andy, he said he's the first, Donald Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does not try to unite the American people, suggesting that Mattis was indeed literally born yesterday. Now, he was, <laughs> in fact, born in 1950, meaning that his lifetime has featured several US presidents who divided the American population. For example, all of them. Now, he was leading U.S. Marines in the assault on Fallujah, okay? That's how psychotic Trump's response to the situation is. Even war criminals with the nickname Mad Dog are going, settle down, dude. Take it down a notch. <laughs> Just a bit of background. In 2004, Mattis was on a panel discussing the lessons to be learned from the Iraq war. And he said, actually, it's a lot of fun to fight. It's fun to shoot some people. You go to Afghanistan, you got guys who slap women around for five years because they didn't wear a veil. Guys like that ain't got no manhood left anyway, so it's a hell of a lot of fun to shoot them. Mattis then proceeded to pull two pistols out of holsters on his belt, shoot them repeatedly into the air, yelling <laughs> yee-haw, and making no effort to hide the fact that he clearly had an erection. He's a wild guy. <laughs> He was also, when speaking to a group of soldiers about how to behave in Iraq during a 2003 speech, he said this, Be polite, be professional, but have a plan to kill everybody you meet. <laughs> Which is great advice if you're a soldier in Iraq, or indeed just in life, interacting with friends yeah. and families, or doing satirical podcasts. Remember, Andy, I have a plan. <laughs> just never let me down. That's all I'm saying. Just never let me down as a life motto. Um, Mattis continued, um, at the same time, we must remember Lincoln's better angels and listen to them as we work tonight. And I think Donald Trump once owned a strip club called Better Angels. <laughs> uh, Mattis, he sort of wrapped up the statement by saying, only by adopting a new path, which means, in truth, returning to the original path of our founding ideals, will we again be a country admired and respected at home and abroad. So, interesting tactic there. In order to be admired and respected in the future, America should be more like it was way back in the past. That is some <laughs> sweet, sweet mad dog advice, Jimmy. I hate to break your heart, man. The only way America is going to be admired and respected at home and abroad anytime soon is by wearing a giant pair of Groucho Marx glasses and using a very convincing Canadian accent. <laughs> well, I mean, it is uh, it is it's building up to a fascinating election in uh, in November, and uh, well, I think I think what we've learned about democracy in recent years around the world, especially in systems that don't require a majority of voters, is that democracy does not give people what they want; it gives people what they fail to vote against, and we are <laughs> seeing that played out uh, in harrowing terms in America at the moment. <laughs> I was really shocked about the global response to this. The fact that all over the world, in, in a variety of, of cities, 
with different populations, people marched in solidarity with what's happening in the U.S. regarding police brutality. The thing I'm shocked most about is that people did this despite the fact that we would never do that for them. <laughs> we would never march for another country's issues. We don't know other countries' issues. At no point since Mandela, we haven't done a goddamn thing. Honestly, it, Syria would have been a good march. Libya could have had a good march. What's happening in Hong Kong, that's a good march. None of it. So, again, another example how rest of the world really thinks America is cool and is willing to support its causes just so we like them. I mean, there really has been a global response. Um, I'm going to a protest in Australia uh, tomorrow. Um, I mean, we do have our own... <laughs> our own wacky issues when it comes to race and policing ourselves. Uh, just this week, a video came out of a New South Wales police officer slamming an Indigenous boy's face right into the concrete. Oh, right, he's being arrested, kicks his legs out from underneath him, slams his head right into the, the concrete there. And the New South Wales Police Commissioner defended the officer, uh, claiming that the officer had a bad day. Whom among us, Andy, when having a bad day, hasn't swept out a young black kid's legs and smashed his face into the ground i mean hey we all hate mondays <laughs> i think it's understandable we all have bad days at work even comedians i guess the main difference is when we have a bad day at work andy and harry we we're the ones to die um whereas you know <laughs> when it comes to police it's a different all right tough to get jokes out of this but the police commissioner <laughs> thought that the officer shouldn't be treated too harshly pointing out that he had a, a, a clean history that was the phrase he used uh this particular officer had a clean history you know just like australia and um, <laughs> the police minister david elliott uh, defended the officer too saying he was horrified by the language used by this indigenous kid during the incident <laughs> wow what a cunty face who fully sucks like an absolute dog <laughs> More poetry. It's been well, I'm arguably the most poetic bugle we've ever had. Historically racist statue news now, and the governor of Virginia, uh, Ralph Northam, has announced that the statue of the Confederate General Robert E. Lee uh, in the city of Richmond will be removed. Um, the statue was unveiled in 1890, a quarter of a century after the Civil War ended. It did. Def did it definitely end? Are we absolutely sure that it did end? On I mean, paper. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's, it's amazing how incendiary these these, these statues are. And, and it, again, it's something hard to... I mean, we have it in, in Britain here that, you know, we have st statues in Trafalgar Square of people who got a, a little bit lively during our imperial phase as certain uh, certain uh, residents of India at the time might uh, might might remember uh, were they still alive um, but it's uh, it just seems is it, is it time to move on now I mean even Robert E. Lee who, uh, who even Robert E. Lee himself was not a fan of these monuments he said uh, after the, the war ended I think it wiser not to keep open the sores of war but to follow the examples of those nations who endeavoured to obliterate the marks of civil strife to commit to oblivion the feelings engendered. And yet 25 years later, they put up a statue of him that 130 years on is still a beacon for racists. Um, I mean, what, what, is it time now to just melt down all these statues and turn them into giant puppies? Because everyone loves puppies. Would that not be a great symbol of unity? Melt down all the Civil War statues and have a giant puppy in every 
town and city in America. Hang on, what color are the puppies? Eddie? Exactly, <laughs> which? How do they identify? I, I love this story. The, controver- the, the controversial statue will be put will be put into storage as soon as possible. The governor said, "Why are you putting it into storage? When are you planning to whip it out again?" Are you going to take it out of storage when America fixes racism? No. As Andy says, melt the statues down, turn them into toilets so African Americans can shit into them as much as possible. There's your truth and reconciliation, people. Hashtag black shits matter. Come on. I mean, they they lost. They just have to come to terms with the fact they lost. It's over. Stop fighting the same war. You lo- I sympathize. I'm a Mets fan. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know I know what it feels like to lose to the Yankees. <laughs> Come on. That's a baseball Civil War joke. Come on now. Oh, no. That, that, that was very good. Oh, very thank good. It's good you, to Andy. laugh again. Yes. Sport, history, and politics all in one. That is Pete Bugle. <laughs> um. <laughs> also, just like the, the idea of like they're from an – they were essentially from an enemy country that lost a war with the U.S., right? That's what the Confederacy was. You can't get away with that with any other war. You know what I mean? Like, we're not even in war with Iran, and Iranians can't even put their flags up because they know what would happen if they had their flags up on their porches. They'd be killed or they'd be beaten up. Iranians don't even, like, call themselves Iranian. They've been calling themselves Persian for, like, 40 years. (laughs) Everybody's been Persian, and they say they're Persian because it sounds European, right? It's like, hey, are you uh, Iranian? No, no, I'm Persian. All right, somewhere in France then. (laughs) Other world news now, and the Boris Johnson government is massively in favour of huge amounts of immigration in a surprise turnaround uh, from everything it's said and done uh, (laughs) during the course of its its existence. Uh, Boris Johnson has said that Britain um, will extend citizenship to uh, up to 3 million Hong Kong citizens. Um, uh, Hong Kong was a British colony until uh, 1997 and the final phase in Britain's cack-handed dismantlement of its empire. I say final phase. Well, I mean, at some point we might accidentally sell Gibraltar to North Korea on eBay. Let's not put it past <laughs> us to just one one last crack at the big time. Um, and with the current situation in uh, in Hong Kong, Johnson has made this uh, this offer of citizenship for uh, up to three million people and in response uh, nigel farage said oh for fuck's sake (laughs) (laughs) that's the joke that's all i got (laughs) (laughs) well on that happy note uh it's time to bring this uh this issue of the bugle to a close thank you very much for listening next week we have a regular bugle plus on saturday evening british time we will have the inaugural Bugle Live Quiz, technology permitting. Chris is looking mildly confident as I say that. And now his head has gone fully into his hands. I mean, I still, I'm still waiting for an update on on what the what the rules and format are. But oh yeah, well, mere detail you know. like that is not important. Yeah. Deadlines are a great motivator, Chris. Let's never forget that. (laughs) Two weeks after that, we'll have another live stream bugle. So the quiz on Saturday, the 13th, the live stream bugle on Saturday, the 27th of June, and uh, regular shows uh, as well. Any uh, anything you would like to alert our listeners to, gents? Well, uh, my uh, Netflix special, "Warn Your Relatives," is still available. They have not taken it off uh, Netflix yet, uh, which I'm assuming they will do at, at any time, even though they made it. Um, 
and also uh, W. Kamau Bell, Ahamefile uh, J. Oluo, and I produced Dwayne Kennedy's debut album. He's a legendary Chicago comedian, 30 plus years in the business, and we finally released his first full length album called Who the Hell is Dwayne Kennedy? And it's available on Spotify and Bandcamp and, and a bunch of other places. So if you want to buy it, buy it. If you just want to listen to it, listen to it. But it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's the best record of the year. I produced it also. <laughs> Tom? <laughs> um, I have a podcast called Like I'm a Six-Year-Old where I talk to people about their politics and about the state of the world. There's not as many <laughs> jokes as this one, but um, there's a lot of earnest feelings and solutions to all the problems. So please check it out if you like. There we go. Thank you for listening, Buglers. We will play you out, as always, with some lies about our premium voluntary subscribers uh, to join them with uh, either a one-off or recurring uh, donation to keep the Bugle going and independent. Please go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate button. Chris Laws believes you can predict the future based on the arrangements of oranges at market stalls. He explains, It is all dependent on the placemental relationship between oranges with a bit of stalk still attached, oranges with no stalk, and oranges wrapped up in that funny paper that oranges are sometimes wrapped in. I've not completely worked out what events are harbinged by what orange arrangements, continues Chris, but I know there's a correlation. For example, in 2011, I saw five stalkless oranges in a row above five stalked, each row sandwiched by two wrapped, and, just a fortnight later, Colonel Gaddafi was killed. So, well, that's all I'm saying. Odd Magna Jordal disagrees and says that the best way of prognosticating what is to come in the universe is the ancient art of haruspicy, which largely involved poking around in the entrails of dead animals and guessing the future based on that. Many people think the art of the haruspex is of no relevance in today's hyper-technologicalised world, says Odd Magna, but I've played the stock markets based both on the advice of a guy named Cliff at the pub who claims he's got a system, and by looking through the entrails of roadkill animals. And, well, those dead badgers have made me a sweet fortune, whilst Cliff owes me several pints. Johan Thorne is not a fan of the horizon. It's overrated, big time, moans Johan. I prefer places, and come to think of it, people, who don't just keep running away when you approach them. I would not trust the horizon as far as I could kick it, even though I don't know how far that is, because it won't sit still like a good horizon. Johan adds, And no wonder there was a load of compromising on the road to Glen Campbell's rhinestone cowboy horizon. It's a bloody long road. Someone known only as Bagger has learnt two important lessons over the past ten years. One, do not use the phrase, they'll have your guts for garters, when talking to someone you know has a tendency to take things a little too literally. And two, do not buy a crocodile from a catalogue without reading the full item description first. Bagger recalls, I had assumed it would be a toy. And finally, Donaeus Dietz has been thinking about the least appropriate syllable in the English language, and has come to the conclusion that it is a close-run thing between the cute in execute, the few in funeral, the bye in heart bypass, the treat in treaty, and the wreck in hysterectomy. They all seem a bit callous, really, says Donaeus, especially the cute in execute. I think some of these words are long overdue, a bit of a freshening up, for everyone's sake. Here endeth the lies. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? 
It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs> 